You know, it's so good. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year. And I've got something very new this this New Year. I've got my voice is gone. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not convinced. is coughing and hacking. But she she's just a changing of the weather. But she don't feel real bad. She just didn't want to be around anybody. But. I wanted to bring my stuff up here to y'all. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what about that? I'm saying that. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Trout almost got it right here. <laughs> but it's so good to be here this morning. Uh, anyone got a prayer that they want to lift up this morning? You know, it's just so good to be here this morning. Are y'all getting a little warm? Yes. Okay, I'm going to change the heat while y'all think about something. <laughs> Wayne, I'd like to thank everybody that called and thought, and even had a thought of me falling the other day. I, that's not, not as much fun as it used to be. It's so good to be here this morning. Well, let's, you know, I got something I'll share with you this morning. I'll do a little reading. This morning, Isaiah, you know, think about the new year. I know Chris has got the devotion, and, uh, I would just share this with you right here what I was reading. And, and of course, I'm in chapter uh, 40, uh, verse 31. It's the last verse uh, in this chapter here. It says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon their wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk. Thank you, everybody. I just thought that'd be a good scripture to start the new year off with. You know, think about the, the, you know, in chapter 39, I think it is, the Babylonians is fixing to be, uh, you know, invading Jerusalem. Or uh, is, is But, you know, you think about that. You know, God brought you through that. You got to wait upon His time. You got to wait on the Lord's time. And, and you know, we got a new year. Uh, in front of us. We don't know what's ahead of us, but you know God does, and we just have to wait on His time and answer our prayers and do that. But let's let's go to the Lord of Prayer if we don't mind. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we want to thank You so much, Heavenly Father, for how You've uh, you, you brought us through another year, Heavenly Father, as a, as a church family, Heavenly Father. And Heavenly Father, I just ask You, Lord, to continue Your blessings upon us, Heavenly Father. And, and Heavenly Father, again, we, we've had so many situations to come up this year, Heavenly Father. So many ones to lose loved ones and family members and, and Heavenly Father, I know, Heavenly Father, that your hand is upon the family. And Heavenly Father, there's so much sickness. Heavenly Father, and I just ask you, dear Lord, just to just to just continue blessing us, Heavenly Father, as you've already had, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father will always look to you for everything. And Heavenly Father, without you, we're nothing. And, uh, Heavenly Father, we can't do anything without you. And Heavenly Father, I just ask you, Lord, just to, again to be with us this day, Heavenly Father, as we go into, into your service, Heavenly Father. Be with Chris as it brings our devotion this yes, morning, God. Heavenly Father. And Heavenly Father, what a blessing it is again to be in your house. And Heavenly Father, when it comes time for Brother Steve to, to, to step up and preach, Heavenly Father, I just ask you, Lord, dear Lord, just to just push Steve aside, Heavenly Father, and fill him your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, give him the words, Heavenly Father, that we are in need of, and I, again, I'm in need of, and thank you so much for them, Heavenly Father, 
Heavenly Father, everything I say and, and, and do, Heavenly Father, is all because of you. And those things I pray in your the most precious name. Amen. Amen. Brother Chris, let's sing one more song here. And uh, when you come and bring our... Uh, look at the page. Uh, let's do this right here. 697. 697. Christmas season that we have had uh, personally in our family and uh, um, and as part of our church family. You just think back. You know, sometimes it's in reflection that we can enjoy some of the things that's happened. Sometimes when we're doing things, we feel the responsibility of it and we're trying to make things go right and all that. And you want everything to be perfect at home and perfect at church. And sometimes we reflect back on it and we can really be blessed all over again. So I like to think back. I like to reflect back a little bit, which is a little bit contradiction to what I 
want to bring in the devotion, but uh, we pull it all together. But we think back, we just had a wonderful time of delivering our fruit baskets and doing our Christmas caroling and then our, uh, our Christmas uh, program, Brother Wayne, uh, this just was great. We had a great crowd. We had more folks at the fellowship hall than we hardly knew what to do with, which was a wonderful thing. And uh, so it was just a good time. And then we, of course, had our Christmas Day service and back for a New Year's service. And that only happens every seven years, I guess. And um, so we're very glad for that. And while we've had a good bit of sadness in our community and our church family during this time of year, um, I think about how, uh, how blessed I feel to be part of this congregation here. Because uh, through the tragedy of what's happened with one of our own church members and the passing of Miss Little, and uh, the loss of a, a family member from Brother Bo's family, um, and other things that, that you may have been associated with. Uh, I've been so proud of our, and I mean that in the, in the kindest, in the, I hope in the right spirit when I say proud, uh, just thankful that sure. we are part of a church family that will reach out and try to be uh, help in time of need. And so I really appreciate that. Now, I got the text that some of you may have gotten it um, from Brother Roger. I think they just made the decision this morning um, that they felt like maybe they not better not come out because of their coughing and have been sick for a while. And so, uh, I sent a text back and I said, well, who's the assistant? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew remembered the answer to that, Brother <laughs> And uh, so I got a couple of responses that you are. So uh, as I turned off of Highway 75 on the 26, I, I, just, I said, well, Lord, you have to, to give me something to say. And um, my mind went to... Um, my favorite book of the Bible, Philippians. And if you will, if you'll turn there, I want us to read a couple of verses together and I want to share something that might seem uh, a little personal, but uh, I hope I can do it in a way that will make for um, a word of encouragement for you. And I think it's appropriate uh, that we're at church on the first day of the year. I, I just think it's so appropriate. And someone once coined a, a phrase, today is the first day of the rest of your life. We've heard that. That's kind of a big thing back in the 60s that I recall. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And I don't know where that come from. It probably uh, may even be attributed to just an anonymous saying. Um, and it, 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 like a lot of sayings that we know, it may seem almost a little cliche-ish, but it's just true. It's true. true. And let's think about that. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today is the first day in the rest of our church family's life. Um, and um, I, I thought about that saying, I kind of looked it up right quick. And um, 
modern day comedian uh, Steve Martin said I thought yesterday was the first day of my rest of my life but it turned out today <laughs> and I thought well that's, that's right right on point but Philippians is one of my favorite uh, chapters in the Bible and I, it's written to the church at Philippi which was considered in those days really a gateway to Europe and the spreading of the gospel through Philippi was a very, very important thing. Uh, Philippi was named after Philip of Macedonia, which I thought was interesting that he, Philip of Macedonia, was the father of Alexander the Great. So that gets into a little history thing. But um, the book is so encouraging, and it's just so full um, of great instructions for Christian living. I just, I just love it. And if you ever uh, maybe feel at a loss uh, in your daily Bible reading of what you're reading today or what you, um, you're just not sure, uh, just go to Philippians and start reading because when you start at first, you probably won't stop till you've read it all uh, because it is so encouraging. But uh, on this New Year's Day, and I'm going to talk to myself, okay? On this New Year's Day, thinking about today's the first day of the rest of our life, um, I thought of it also being a great day for us to lay aside any sin in our life that may be so easily besetting us, as the Scripture notes. And... If we look to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, I just want to read two verses and leave these. Brethren, Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend you, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. So as I turned this morning, I said, Lord, I, help me think of something to share. Uh, this just immediately come up on my mind. Forget about what's behind. And I'll elaborate on that for just a moment. But Paul was not a perfect person. Paul had not lived a perfect life. Paul, in the early parts of chapter 3 here, Paul talks about the fact that if anybody had any reason to brag, it was him. He was, uh, he, he was a Jew and a, a Pharisee, and on it went. Uh, but he was a great persecutor of the early church. So if there was anybody who had things in their life they really needed to put behind them, I would say Paul would rank right up there at the top of the list. And so... Um, he mentions and says here that I count not myself to have apprehended. He was not perfect. He not reached that station in life that we're all striving for that we'll never completely reach. But, um, but he realizes it's important to forget about things that were behind us that was hindering us in our Christian life. I'm going to bring that to what it means to me today. Um, forsake them, turn away from them, uh, and reach forth to those things which are before. And one uh, uh, commentary says to strain for it, 
to strain for that which is before, and to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. And that's our job today. So my, my word to us is this. There's times that we reach points in our life where you just got to clean the table off and start all over again. And that's not just when you get saved. That happens to us a lot through life because we'll let the cares of life build up on us. And we got to get to a place sometime just clean, clean off the table and let's start all over again. And this New Year's Day is a wonderful time for us to think about that. For us to think about it. Um, we all have things in our life that we, we can't forget them, but we can get to a place in our Christian growth, the growth of our life, to, to not let that be something that hinders us in our uh, Christian walk and in our relationship with others. So maybe you don't have anything. Maybe you don't. I suspect that you're just like me and you do. But if you have something that's a little strain between you and someone else, or you and a family member, or boy, this right today would be a good time. Just let it go. Amen. Just let it go. Amen. Just let it go. Um, and not let that be something that would hinder you any more. Uh, maybe some event in your life, you just can't quite get it behind you. It's still there. Uh, we've all faced those things. Why not let today be the day you just get in behind sure. and say, I'm not going to be hindered by that. I'm going to press forward to the mark of the high calling, which is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, let today be the day. Um, and I'll share this one final thought that the Lord convicted me of this morning as I was uh, riding home. And uh, Pam is witness to this. Once in a while, my telephone, I'll check my messages, and I usually check them when somebody gets a hold of me and says, I've been trying to call you and your messages is full because it fills up almost on a daily basis. So every once in a while, I'm reminded I've got to go through there and I've got to delete. I've got to press that delete button. And I received a message from someone that I dearly love a few months ago uh, that had some very uncomplimentary things, I'll say, to me, and just hurt my feelings, Brother Bobby. And so on my phone, you listen to a message, and it said to delete this message, press 7. That's on mine. To save this message, press 9. Well, for several months now, I would listen through to those messages, and I'd delete everything. When I get there, I didn't press that when I pressed 9. I just wasn't hardly ready to let that go. I might need that sometime. They shouldn't have said that to me. And so, uh, 
as Pam and I had been on the road this week, I'm taking too much time, I'm sorry. Pam and I had been on the road this week and she was driving and I thought, well, it's a good time for me to listen to those messages and clear them out. I listened, press seven. Listen, press seven. I listened to that one and I, I pressed nine and I thought, I'm just going to save that right there. And um, when the Lord gave me the thought this morning, Forget those things that are behind. And you need to go back to those messages and press 9. And you being my witnesses and the Lord being my helper, when I get home today, I'm going to listen to that message. I'm not going to listen to it. When it starts, I'm going to press 9. I'm going to get that. So you may have something in your life you've been, you need to delete, you need to save. Or you save something and now you need to delete it. Let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's get this road started off. This year started off right. You know, Brother Wayne may sing a song later, I Am Resolved. And uh, in some churches, it's traditional that they will uh, sing the doxology. Uh, and, you know, that can get pretty monotonous if you sing it every Sunday is praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above you heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And a new Christian told me once that I work with, said, why does people sing that like they do? Because I want to say, praise God. Amen. And I said, well, you just keep that. And when we sing this song today, later today, I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have a word in my sight. Amen. So when we sing it, let's sing it with the Spirit, all that God will give us. Amen. I am resolved. No longer to charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. And I want to be closer to the Lord this year than I was last year. And I hope that that's our prayer. I want our church to be closer to the Lord this year than we were last year. Amen. Let's pray for each other that it be so. In the Jesus' name. And I took too much time, Brother Mike. You take all the time you need. Let's take our classes at this time. God bless you, brother. Love you, brother. Thank you for having Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, I agree, Brother Chris. January 1 should always be on a pretty sunny Sunday. <laughs> we should just make a law. Yeah, right, right. I agree. Yeah. Just a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, everybody, please still be careful, as Sister Linda will attest. Flu, COVID, strep, RSV, did I get them all? Most of them. Okay. Running rampant. <laughs> Stay on your guard. Yeah. 
Uh, and if you get flu type A, let me tell you, it take you a month to get over it. I'm finally feeling human this week. Thank the good Lord. Uh, Tuesday, weather aware day. Could have some bad weather, so keep that in mind. Um, as you all know, for Sunday uh, at 2 o'clock, we're going to be ordaining Brother Chris as a deacon. Thank the good Lord. And the purpose of the lessons between now and then is I want everyone... Well, number one, I want it's a good refresher for all of us, okay? But number two, I, I want everyone up to speed where you understand the service and what's involved and why it's involved, okay? And uh, it'd take us a month of Sundays to cover it all. So uh, uh, if I get rambling, throw a book at me or something where I'll hush so you can ask a question or have a comment. And... Uh, I want us to get through it, but I want us to take our time. If we have to finish the lesson tonight for a few minutes, I believe Brother Steve will let us. Um, and third Sunday night. But but I want a couple of quick comments getting it started. Like I said, my purpose of this is so we understand the ordination process, okay? Uh, today we're going to talk about this kingdom word. Uh, next Sunday I'd like to talk about the structure of the church. Uh, third Sunday, specifically about deacons and their roles. And then fourth Sunday, I want to go over the ordinational service itself. And a quick little side note, I texted, well actually I texted, texted Sister Katie this morning. It's our, one of our former pastor's wives who's a relative of mine. And I said, I can't seem to find my steps for ordination. Could you get Brother Kyle to send me a copy? She said, sure. I said, I texted you because I know how grumpy he is when he's got to preach that day. And she sent me a text back and said, you know him so well. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so I'll get that. Hopefully next Sunday I'll pass that out. and We'll, we'll go over that the fourth Sunday. And Phil Sunday, we might just have a little fun. But a couple of quick notes I want to make. Like I say, if you don't understand something, please ask. And if you want additional info, like I say, take a month of Sundays to cover this completely. Um, but if I say something and you don't really understand it or you disagree with it, reach out to me. We'll, we'll, I'll grill some ribeyes and we'll talk about it. That don't go for you and you, though. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I won't buy it right here. All right, all right. <laughs> but, but if there's something you don't understand, reach out to me and let's talk about it, okay? Um, but what I really want to make the point today, there is no organization on earth ever has been, ever will, that'll stand up to the church. The church. Now, I'm not talking Baptist, Methodist. I agree with a former pastor. If men could get along, there'd be one denomination. But man can't get along, you know? Sad, but true. But, uh, but I will teach this the way we teach it as missionary Baptists. Um, it's the only organization given the authority to carry the gospel. That's it. There's no other organization that was given that responsibility. The church has the power to loose things, to bind things in heaven and in earth, and she has the authority, the ultimate authority. And I'll make this statement. Uh, I don't mean, I should say I don't mean to be critical, but maybe in this one I do. If you run up on somebody 
who seems to be doing a work for God out in the world and you ask them, who's their home church? And they say, well, I don't have one. I'm just out. Run. Run from them. Amen. Don't bid them Godspeed. Nothing can be done in God's work that's not under the authority of the church. Amen. This man can't even baptize unless we give him permission to do it. And we'll study later on the, the, the three parts of the church. And the main one is the body of the church that holds all authority. The church holds authority over the pastor. They hold authority over the deacons. They have the authority. Okay? If you're part of the church, and I've made this statement, if a person, this has nothing to do with eternal salvation, okay? When a person's saved, they're as good as there. But if they don't put their life in the church, they'll never really grow. They'll, never, they'll spend their wheels spiritually their whole life. They'll never have a footing to grow and to be. And Brother Chris said this morning, what a wonderful family a church family is. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my quick introduction. But what I wanted to do today, let's see, make sure it's everything. Yeah, I think it is. I hope you read the second chapter of Daniel because I can't spend a whole lot of time reading every bit of it. But what happens in Daniel is Daniel specifies the time of the kingdom. And I'm going to tell you right up front, to me, you can take kingdom and church and use the words interchangeably, okay? The church is Christ's kingdom on earth. It's not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. And that's what I want to show this morning. But what happens in the second chapter of Daniel, this is during the Babylonian Empire, and the king, the head honcho, has a dream. And he has a dream, and it upsets him so bad that it becomes the focus of his life. I believe his name is Nebuchadnezzar, right? And he dreamed a dream that God gave him. That's the only way he could have dreamed it. God gave it to him for a purpose. And he got up the next day and went to his, this first time Chaldean is used, which I call his wise guys, okay? And he said, I've had a dream. It, it upsets me terribly. Interpret it for me. And they said, okay, king, tell us the dream and we'll interpret it. And either he didn't remember the dream or he wanted to make sure they interpreted it right. He wasn't going to tell them. They had to not only interpret the dream, they had to figure out what the dream was. Really put them on the spot. And uh, I believe they got to the point to say, king, nobody can do this. And it made him so angry he was going to slay them all. But that included some little boys down that were taken captive from Israel named Daniel and three other of his friends. Uh, can't right now think of it. I don't like to call them by... No, that's their Babylonian name. I don't like to call them by that. Uh, Michelle. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyway. Yeah. But that was going to include those as well. But Daniel went and said to the head of the wise guys, we'll call it, and says, tell the king, chill. I'll interpret the dream. But then he went to his brothers and said, pray for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. pray for me. <clears throat> and God gave Daniel the interpretation of that dream. And he went before Nebuchadnezzar, told him the dream, and told the interpretation of it. 
What Nebuchadnezzar dreamed about was a statue. I wish I'd made a picture of it. But it was a statue. The head was gold. Arms and writing here was silver. Here was brass. And the legs were iron and the toes were iron mixed with clay. Okay? That's what he saw. And if you, if you want to read it, Daniel starts in... Let me find it now myself. About the 36th verse, he says, This is a dream, and we'll tell the interpretation thereof before the king. And if you want to turn to the handout I gave you, I put these in the middle where you could see all four of them at one time. What he's talking about is time periods and kingdoms of that part of the world. And he says, O King Nebuchadnezzar, you are the gold head. The Babylonian Empire uh, lasted 66 years. Uh, and just to keep things a little bit light, I found a few things about each period I'll read. Uh, the Babylonian Empire is probably most famous for the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, one of the seven wonders of the old world. But it also laid the foundation for modern mathematics and astronomy. So, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, so he said, King, you are the gold part of the statue. But then he said, after that, there'll be another kingdom come into this part of the world to rule it. The silver He's talking about the Persian Empire, the Medes and the Persians. And we can read where they take over Babylon right, at, right after a big party. But that's a whole other lesson. Sorry. Uh, the Persian Empire lasted 208 years. And if you look on the map, you can see to the left at the, the Babylonian Empire, the Mediterranean Sea. And you can see it also in the left of the... Uh, Persian Empire, kind of give you a, a location where we're talking about. These kingdoms covered some part of Europe and, and a good chunk of Asia, which we'd say Iran, Iraq, Syria, out through there. They would call it Arabia, down to the Arabian Sea. It's where all the oil is. Yeah. Okay. Then he went, oh, forgot. Okay. Persians were the first to maintain a charter for human rights. Uh, a 1,700-mile royal road was built by Darius from Sardis to uh, Susa, I guess how I pronounce. Cyrus built a city of Pasargadae that could withstand a mag magnitude 7 earthquake. Not bad for that time of the period. And they invented horizontal windmills for grinding grain. Just a couple of interesting facts there. Right, and then Daniel interpreted the third part, the brass here. He's talking about Alexander the Great and the Greek Empire, which, as he spoke here, was the largest of the four. It covered a lot of territory. That's how Greek, the language of Greece, became so widespread throughout Europe and Asia was during this period. And this was from... Uh, 331 to 63 B.C. Okay, I should have been given these other dates. I'm sorry, but it's... But you can see, if you see the Mediterranean to the left, you can see just how far eastward, yeah, his kingdom went. 
And a couple of interesting things. In the Greek Empire, I love this one. In the Greek Empire, the way you proposed was you threw an apple at her. <laughs> That's what it said. It gets even worse. Greeks exercised naked. Salt was sometimes used as a currency. And a guy lived there named Pythagoras. You can't answer this question. What's he famous for? Very good, very good. Right angles in A squared, B squared, C squared. All us that love geometry. Yeah, way to go back there. I hear you. All right. But then the one that really counts, Daniel gets into this fourth kingdom of iron. And in the toes, iron and clay mixed. We've all heard the iron legions of Rome. He's talking about the period of Rome that started in 27 B.C., and it's debatable how, how far it really went in some form or fashion, but what we're interested in, I think this map is about the year 117. Let me see, did I put, did you put it? Yeah, 117 AD. Interesting, like I say, it was not the largest kingdom, but it did go around into North Africa. At its peak, the Roman Empire had 12% of the world's population, okay? Armies could march 25 miles in a day. The life expectancy was 25 years. That I didn't know. It was really short. I mean, that makes sense. Surely everyone of that age was drafted into the military. Well, that's probably true, too. And it was eight times more densely populated than New York City is today. That's probably why they didn't live very long. Everybody, one person got it, they all caught it, didn't they? Yeah. All right. So that's, now, like I say, and then the toes, I think that's just an extension. There's two, there, two trains of thought. Well, actually, there's half a dozen, but uh, there were 10 major Caesars. Some say Rome was divided into 10 territories. Irrelevant for the discussion, just I think that's what he's talking about, okay, because it's still the extension of the toes. I will say this. It's not talking about the European Union, okay? A lot of people really ran with that when they came together. It's like, wait, you can't leave out Turkey and Iran and Iraq. They was as much part of this as anybody, but a whole other story. But what I want to read, let's see, dee, 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 dee. verse 44. This is the heart of the lesson today, okay? And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Where is the Babylonian Empire? Destroyed. Where's the Persian Empire? Gone. The Greek? The Roman? Where are they? They're all gone. Each one would be left to the next ruler, the next people, the next people. But this kingdom he's talking about, verse 44, shall not be left to other people. But it shall break in pieces and consume all the nations, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone, he talked about a stone earlier, that was cut out of the mountain with hands, 
and shall break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. And we go on to see Nebuchadnezzar said, that's right, that's exactly what it was, it makes sense, but beside the point. The point I'm making is in this, Daniel places the time of the church. And we know the church was started in the early, well, I guess the day of Pentecost, we might be, could say it was really there. But during, the, during this period, there was four major kingdoms in that part of the world. But then there was a kingdom that started during this last one that exists today. And it will always exist. There's not a separate kingdom to come. You wouldn't be right today to pray thy kingdom come. It's been here for 2,000 years. Now the disciples following Christ could pray that because it hadn't come yet. But when you say kingdom, you're talking about the church. And we're not talking about bricks and mortar and armies and battle. This is a spiritual kingdom carried right here. Yeah. <sighs> Take a breath. Somebody comment. Yeah, it's just... We're not talking about, like you said, about bricks and mortar. Um, it is every saved individual makes up the Christian church. Mm -hmm. yep. um, Someone else? I, I know you, you didn't want to talk about denominations, but um, just some people um, put the Baptist church in with Protestant religion, but we're not we're separate. Um, we can trace our lineage all the way back to the disciples. Turn, if you will, to the back page. It's three or four verses I want to cover. Um, I want to read a verse out of Mark just to, get it, just to give you another time frame. These words are in red over in Mark 9, 1. Said, Christ said, Verily I say unto you that there shall be some of them that stand here which shall not taste death till they have seen the kingdom. Yeah. Just another point of here the kingdom started. Yeah. Yeah, Christ... You know, he said he came, he died, and he resurrected. He also set up the church. I think we need to tag that one on there. Yeah. To carry the gospel. A church of imperfect people, as Brother Chris said, to carry this on. And I know a lot of people get sideways on this, that, but it's spiritual. It's not physical. They say, well, there's no way the church and the kingdom's ruling today. Oh, yes, they are. Amen. And we are priests and kings in this kingdom today. Amen. Yeah, today. What are we ruling over? Ruling over sin. That's it. Ruling over sin. I have the ability to reign over sin in my life. Yeah. Come on. Matthew chapter 23 
verses 37 through 39. And this verse, when I'm going to cover it, I know it's not popular in a lot of churches. I understand that. Matter of fact, if you went to the Christian bookstore, you, you probably would find more books that disagree with what I'm about to say, but I, I, I'm sorry. This is the way I see it, okay? If we want to discuss it further, I'll buy the real buys, all right? Christ sat on the Mount of Olives one day and he looked at Jerusalem and he was heartbroken. He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And if I could put in parentheses there, I'd say, Oh, nation of Israel, O nation of Israel, thou that killest the prophets and stone them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even hen gathering her chicks under his wings, but ye would not. But the next verse, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. You ever looked up what desolate means? Abandoned. Don't hold back, brother forsaken, deserted. The way I see that is what Paul says in the next verse for the Romans. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. After Christ died and came back, if a Jew ever makes it to heaven, He'll do it in the church. He'll get saved. Grace and faith. Yeah. There's no nothing else to come. No. Christ said that he, I am the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, how, how things exactly shake out after Christ comes, I, I'm like Brother Chris, I'm a pandemonious, it'll all pan out. But hear this. Nobody gets saved when the trumpet sounds. It's over. Amen. Nobody. Black, white, Jew, Greek, Gentile, nobody gets saved. Because you really think about it, and I know, like I said, this is probably a minority view in the world today. I realize that. What was Abraham known for? One word. Faith. Faith. Faith is what got God's attention with Abraham. And faith was built all the way through the scriptures. What did Paul say? By grace through faith are you saved. Okay? The church, faith in Christ. Um, there are two how to, I don't know the word to use here. But I make a distinction, and I think the scriptures do too. There's the nation of Israel, and then there's true Israel. Okay? True Israel are those people who lived before Christ who had faith he was coming. Abraham being the lead person. Yes. He believed Christ would come. The ones after Christ believes we have faith he did come, right? What was the thing in common? Faith. What is the opposite of faith? Sight. Sight. That's right. The opposite of faith is sight. Now, if God has spent the entire book building up faith, why would he go right back to sight again? Why would he go right back 
to letting people come to him by sight. That's not logical, is it? It's faith. Michael, it's faith. even Christ said that um, it, as, when he came back, it, it would be as in the days of Noah. And I think some people miss what he was talking about there as, as they go on back to um, the, the part where it says they're giving and they're eating and drinking, giving in marriage. And, but what I feel like, this is my conviction on this, that he was talking about as that when the door was closed, nobody else got in. And they were caught unaware. They were caught unaware. Exactly yeah. right, Bobby. Um, if, if you're, and that is the, you know, the devil will never tell you you don't need to be saved. They'll, he'll tell you to put it off. And the ultimate put off is um, we'll just wait till Christ gets back. Well, number one, you're not you're not guaranteed three o'clock this afternoon. Um, but you're definitely not guaranteed that he'll ever be back. In our lifetimes, he could be could come right this second, but he he, he he may not. And so that'd be the ultimate the time of salvation now. Whenever he is calling you. Um, so. And lastly, because we are out of time, I am not a Jew by nationality. I'm not a descendant of Abraham, the nation of Israel. But spiritually, I am part of true Israel. Amen. The true Israel. The true Israel of the Old Testament is the church today. And that's, that, that's what he's talking about, being grafted. Mm -hmm. The Gentile, there were some limbs broken off of true of Israel, the unbelief, the ones that didn't believe. And us Gentiles were grafted in. So yes, I am a descendant of Abraham spiritually. Okay? So what I wanted to do this morning was put a time frame on the church because that's what this month's all about, the church. It started when Christ set her up. It'll be here till the trumpet sounds. It's the only thing that can carry the gospel. It's the only thing that we can build our lives on. Yeah, Christ being the cornerstone of it. We're out of time, but please, if you have any questions, hunt me up. And we'll find somebody that can answer them, okay? We'll both look, look for people. Or like I say, I'll cook some ribeyes, we'll talk about it. Any one word, i got to ring the bell for Marilyn. What did you say you were going to talk about next week? The structure of the church. And I'll give you a hint. There's three. Three. Number three is a big deal. Even in the church. Anyone else this morning? I do apologize for rambling like a wild man, but I wanted to get it all in. <laughs> and it feels good to feel good again. <laughs> I appreciate everybody's help.